are listening to The Chompcast, an official podcast of Sword Chomp and SwordChomp.com. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. And remember, if you dig what we do, you can go to Patreon.com slash SwordChomp. Look for our special VIP tier. Um, we have a really, really unique and powerful and crazy show today. Uh, well, let's start it off like this. You wake up nervous, shaking, sweaty. Hell, maybe you didn't sleep at all. You shuffle over to the living room window, raise the blinds slowly, or draw the curtains, whatever your situation might be. The morning light shines in. The beams of glowing sunlight illuminate the dark room and call attention to your gaming system of choice, sitting there on the entertainment system. Like rays from heaven guiding you to salvation, you slump over and hit the power button, but you don't feel like playing anything. But you know you need a distraction. Something to help pull your mind from the shadows of the anxiety, the depression, whatever the hell you're going through. This is going to be one of our most genuine and vulnerable podcasts yet, as we discuss the topic of video games that have helped gotten us through tough times in life. Depression, anxiety, all sorts of stuff like that. We're going to be very vulnerable. Still going to be fun and crazy, so don't worry. There's going to be a lot of that. And our listeners from the at Swordchomp Instagram community were also very vulnerable. It's one of our most commented uh, posts of the year, so we want to get a lot of comments in and kind of talk about that because we use entertainment as a great way um, to help distract us from uh, escapism. And, <laughs> and uh, sorry, Josh did said something about podcasting that was pants on tonight in the chat thanks a lot Josh. i knew it was going to be a really vulnerable sort oh, of a show yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah just wanted to let it all hang out just, just going all the way with it mm. um that's the best way to do it josh just head right in face it head on you know don't hold mm-hmm. back exactly um so our sword charm instagram community was amazing we'll get to that in a bit it's gonna be a fun topic uh we have a lot of games to talk about too as well we're just talking about some games we haven't talked about games in a while shay's been up here this is your first podcast we have a couple podcasts where shay our good friend who couldn't be here professor layton from japan uh, joined us for a couple shows um but of course he's recovering because he just got back to japan so we miss you shay um but we're going to talk some games hollow knight Spyro Reignited Trilogy, Wander Song, Baba Is You, and more. Uh, not to mention fun polls, some fun polls this week to take the edge off. Polls like the Elder Scrolls Blades, Early Access, as they call it, I guess, or whatever. No Man's Sky VR. No Man's Sky fucking VR. You know you want to hear me talk about that. Um, I had Back for Blood on here, but Shay's not here, so uh, just going to throw that away. Because uh, we don't care about zombies on this podcast. Maybe oh, next week. <laughs> Maybe next week. Shay. <laughs> when Shay comes back. It's funny because I wrote, I put a bunch of stuff in here, like kind of tailored to the fact that Shay told me he was going to be here for the show. But I had a sneaking suspicion that the uh, the flight would catch up with him. So, mm. um, yeah, it's okay. But yeah, let's get to some intros. And I'm going to kind of introduce you guys in case this is your first podcast or even if you're familiar with the show, kind of introduce them while kind of jumping into the topic because it's a little bit of a heavy one. Um, but we're going to do the best we can with it. That man you talked to uh, was talking about being vulnerable, um, pantsless, sitting over there in Michigan. Uh, Joshua Fowler is joining us. Um, 
Josh, how do you, as a whole, you know, would you use gaming? Is gaming a good way for you to escape like rough times as a distraction? Or if you're going through something, is does gaming not really work for you? You know what I mean? Like, what's your approach to that? And thanks for being here. Um, a lot of the time, no. A lot of the time, if I'm feeling too down, like, like it'll just, just gaming just seems pointless, even. So, like, I'll get too down to really feel like even turning something on. But, but not always. Like, it kind of depends on the game and, like, what, what sort of yeah. feedback it's giving you. Um, which is kind of why I got... WoW has been able to help me through some of my harder times. Just because it's been... Not just logging on to, to play a game, but logging on to, you know, hang out with friends that I know are if nothing else interested in, you know, killing the same dungeon boss with me. Yeah. So. And talking, talking with friends is mm-hmm. so fucking huge. Like just having people like we're social creatures. So. Yeah. Um, I like that term feedback. The feedback you're getting from the game is vital mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Cause otherwise you just kind of sit there and stare at the screen. And you're like, uh, this isn't working. Yeah. Yep. So, and while I'm glad we'll talk more about. Yeah. Wild and and Josh, before cause... we move on. Since I am podcasting pantless, I just I want everyone to know it is cold here. There's nothing, nothing unnatural about just a little shrinkage. It's supposed to look like that. Okay, That's, good. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not on video anyway, so you just kind of outed yourself. Hmm. But uh, uh-huh. I mean, hey, it's, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You know, we're all about painting the the visual picture of what's happening. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just being vulnerable, honest, you know. Yeah, yeah, Things are just yeah. coming out. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyone, speak- anyone painting along at home may want to go get an extra tube of white. <laughs> just, just in case you run out. <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> that was actually a nice accidental setup, though, Josh, because uh, speaking of shrinkage, uh, from Texas, we have the one and only the Filipino Johnny Depp is here. Uh I think you got your, you got my intro mixed up with somebody else. I don't understand no. what's, what's going on. This intro is exactly where it was supposed to be. Oh, okay. um, hmm. uh, fish, as we call him, um, in case this is your first show, you never know. Fish, it, gaming for you, I'm willing to, I've known you for a while, and it, it seems like you kind of fall mm-hmm. more along the lines of it's hard to really sit down and play some like a video game because it's more of a hobby a relaxation thing when you're going through stuff i remember when you're going through stuff right. after your divorce you could not i kept trying to get you to try stuff and you're like i just don't feel like doing it yeah there's there's certain games that will just turn me off from it um like red dead redemption definitely i could tell like that that was a game that you you have to fully invest in and if you really want to enjoy that type of game um you kind of have to be all there in the head and having that enjoyment in that game and like i i just wasn't all there in my head i wanted something that i could just turn off my brain and enjoy whatever is there in front of me um and yeah there's been plenty of games that are like that for me like destiny diablo 3 world of warcraft to some extent um but um yeah i mean it was definitely a stressful time back then um a lot more stress back then i still you know feel stress to this day but um it it, it does get better 
Um, and as you get better, you f- start to fall into um, those rhythms in life, and then you start to feel a little bit better, and then, you know, you start gaming more, and whenever you, you actually get back into games, and you're having a blast, and you're actually enjoying them, like, that's when I can kind of gauge, like, where am I, where am I at as far as, like, my mental health goes, but, um, yeah, pretty much all my life, like, I've been playing video games, uh, since a kid, and, like, I don't know about you guys, but, like, being in the military, being a military brat, and moving from one state to another state, you know, different schools, there's times where, like, I went to three different schools in three different years, or four different years, Mm. it wasn't that extreme, but, like, like, that, that seriously has to take, like, a, like, a mental toll on a kid, but Mm. as a kid, like, for some reason, I don't remember it, like, really affecting me, because I always had video games, that was, like, a constant thing that I had for me, so, like, big, long RPGs, where, like, the stories were just, like, almost never-ending, and, like, I was following through it, like, falling in love with these characters, and following the story, um, and just living in that kind of fantasy, like, that those really helped me through those times of you know not having a, a really stable type of life you know yeah it's a different when you're younger too i think as mm-hmm. as you get older you become a little more aware too and more like i remember the stresses general mountain time here uh morgan of course from montana um i remember like just being able to take stresses as a kid a little easier and i think it's because it was a very different kind of stress than as being adult kids dying relatives, sickness, jobs, mortgages. You're just like, oh my God, like this is like yeah. real weight in my life, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's more responsibilities, um, yeah. And uh, everyone kind of responds that differently. I thought this would be a fun topic. We've kind of dabbled in this here and, and uh, here and there in the past, but I think it's good to kind of check in on it every now and then. Um, Especially, like, I always try to find a way to creatively spin any sort of anxiety or anything I'm going through into content with you guys because otherwise it's just, it's a nice outlet and uh, people can kind of tell if I'm a little out of it. And it's weird for me because I'm usually very, like, upbeat and manic or whatever and and uh, kind of psycho psychotic. But um, whenever I'm uh, going through a lot of shit, I just, like, kind of sullens me out. Like, I just feel like it's it's very difficult. But... One thing that I've learned as someone who's struggled with an anxiety disorder for several years is learning to um, listen to, like, learning what my body is is trying to say and pushing through it. Because the biggest thing anxiety does, as I can tell you, is that it makes you not want to do anything. And that's the worst thing you can do. When you have anxiety is lay around in bed all day, sit on the couch, worry about what your body's doing that doesn't feel right. Uh, and those things are, are detrimental. And, but yet it's very hard to fight through it. It's like, it's kind of like yeah. walking through mud, but you got to get to the other side at some point and kind of build that rhythm, build new patterns, get your mind. It's sort of like your mind keeps wanting to jump off track. Boom, boom, boom. But the more you try and pull it and pull it, eventually it's harder for it to jump back onto those, uh, those death rails, that doom train, uh, so to speak for your final fantasy reference there, fish. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but like we got it. We got a lot. Anyways, the big thing I want to talk about, you guys, is games that have helped you through a tough times. And we got some listener stuff. Um, Josh has talked about this before, and we had some commenters as well that talked about World of Warcraft. Because I know Josh, you had said that, you know, when you're going through some stuff there, so you can you can mention that again, or if there, I don't want to, you're not obligated to. If there's another situation you wanted to, every, everyone's different. And and one thing I want to say when it came to our listener comments as well is it didn't have to be something 
super serious. If it was just like a, a rough time in their life, but it wasn't necessarily like anxiety or depression, that was that's still a tough time they were going through, and it helped them. So I wanted yeah. a little leeway there. Um, yeah, but yeah. yeah, Josh, I mean, a lot of people were mentioned World of Warcraft as well. The social element being so big there. Um, yeah, um, World of Warcraft is interesting because I got into that because of my roommate in college. Oddly enough, who just kind of, he's, he is such a huge nerd that he makes us look like jocks is kind of <laughs> where it comes down to. He had his own booth at Dragon Con a couple years back. Wow. Um, That's for impressive. His, for his cosplay. And, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's really, really big into Mandalorian lore. And uh, and making that's... sure, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Hey, no, that's cool. That's yeah, no, it is cool. Like we were, we were, we really, we really clicked really well. But he got me into WoW to begin with, um, and um, you know, it was just kind of the two of us hanging out and you know, just playing until we eventually, you know, we hopped around from guild to guild until we eventually found one that kind of stuck. Um. Just kind of not not really being particularly serious during college, and then uh, yeah, just that group of people we ended up just really really gelling, and then later on in life, they were just there. Um, it was always always something I could. They were always know, on lo- like the yeah yeah I could I could log in I could mm-hmm, yeah, and just always have somebody to to talk to even if it wasn't about the problems just you know, have someone uh, to hang out with who is, uh, yeah, like I said before, at least interested in the same thing in the game as you are. Like, mm-hmm. it just, it, it adds that sort of social lubrication to give you just a shared goal um, is just huge. Um, even if it's yeah. something that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, you guys have to work together to accomplish something, and that... It can it can allow you to see how you have how how you can do that in real life i guess is yeah 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 you're still you're accom- accomplishing a goal even when you're going through something is i think pivotal because you get a small feeling of like mm-hmm. okay i'm doing something I'm accomplishing something. I'm moving forward. It's like a, it's a very small feeling of empowerment, but it's like a step in the right direction. Even if it's just a game, you know what I mean. Especially if you're mm-hmm. working as a group, that's huge. Um, the the team. They, there's a couple people that mentioned it. Uh, cursively said, "Oh man, World of Warcraft helped me escape all my problems and feelings um, for for a few years." And uh, I remember specifically thinking whenever this came up that me that me and fish had like a spurt oh here's another one um m underscore around the globe had mentioned world of warcraft as well um the vanilla world of, world of warcraft in particular mm-hmm. and how they were excited to to get the classic uh, edition again uh yeah whenever that's gonna happen but the thing that made me think about fish was that one one of the first times i ever had a real bout with anxiety like seven years ago or whatever i remember me and fish playing a lot of diablo 3 and it was the same thing it was just kind of like get on with a friend like every day i was like please dude we have to get on and do something because if i come home yeah. i'm not going to be able to do anything and if there's another human there 
and I have someone to talk to and I'm not just going to like turn the game off in 20 minutes. And then we were just kind of mindlessly grinding and talking and then the talking helped and then, oh, we found something cool and then we're using, it just, it really helped kind of pull uh, us out of a, help me pull me out of a weird uh, phase I was in. I think it helped. I mean, mm -hmm. there's a lot of things in combination. It's not like it was just that one thing. It was therapy and medication and all sorts of stuff. But right, same yeah. thing, you know, Blizzard, you know, it was a community kind of thing. And yeah. um, the gameplay itself was actually fairly, this sounds bad, fairly mindless, I would say, <laughs> for as far as like the way I was playing Diablo in particular, which was just attack, attack, oh, yeah. click, click, click. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, I remember those days of running dungeons with you. I, I, I was so embarrassed to have you <laughs> in my groups at times. Uh, you'd roll on items that were you could your class couldn't even use, or the stats just weren't for your class, but you'd just roll neat on them. And oh, you're talking about wow! Like, you're talking about wow! Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You threw oh, me out there. I'm like, Diablo? you can't roll okay. on items in Diablo. Yeah. What are you talking yeah. about? What are you What are you talking about, fish? Yeah. You know that everything is hunter armor. Like, hunters can equip everything. They can. I need intellect. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Wow well, actually had the opposite effect for me. I think Wow actually caused me to go to question because I didn't want to go to school or do anything. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure that destroyed my life for a while, but um, I didn't care. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a depression, though. It was just... Anyways, That's. I think that's a random comical thing. Um, yeah, that's good. Community there. So, uh, Fish, like... What is a game that you can think of? What is your Warcraft? What is a game that has sort of helped? What about more recently when you were going through that stuff with your uh, with your divorce? Like, what was the one game that came the closest to sort of distracting you or taking your mind off? Um, I didn't really need this distraction at the time, but like, it really helped. It was like it. It was whenever I went up there to Montana for your wedding, and um. <clears throat> Like, you know, I was still fresh off the heels of separating with my ex and, um, you know, being in a different environment, uh, is a little jarring, but like, um, I'm kind of used to that. Uh, so like, I, I was excited, I guess, to be up there, but there, I was also a bit nervous because it is a wedding. I am the best man, the ceremony and all that stuff. So there, there was a bit of anxiety there, but, Stressors, um, yeah. Yeah, so I I just had a lot of stresses there, and um, yeah. I had Into the Breach uh, on the Switch, and I would play that thing nonstop in, yeah. in the basement of your parents' house. <laughs> You're staying there, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, and I would play that shit for hours on end, um, and it really helped me a bit, uh, quite a bit because like that was something that I could focus on, and like it was it really like engaged my mind in a way where you just have to think about every move in that game and when, yeah. when when you get in the zone with that game with like a certain group uh, squad of mechs like you're just go you're going through all the different islands and the levels and trying to beat it like it it eventually like just consumes you enough to where you forget about your stresses and those stresses kind of start to melt away and you feel more accomplished uh whenever you're actually going through that game and i felt accomplished me personally mm -hmm. because i I, f I think it's a very difficult game and it's not per se like my type of game that i can mindlessly play it was the well i was opposite. gonna say if i'm gonna play dr phil here you just said earlier right. that you need something light to, something yes. mindless but yet you found distraction in this very very stressful tactical right. yeah what's going it, on it's 
I don't know, Dr. Phil. <laughs> you need to diagnose me. What's going on here? Do I got a bipolar disorder going on with video games or something? <laughs> you, 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 you know, I was, never mind. Um, I don't even know enough. <laughs> I don't know enough, Dr. Phil, to continue that joke and make it any good. Um, <laughs> which I think is a good thing, maybe. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good thing. That's not a shot at Dr. Phil. It's just, I don't Maybe it is. Um, I don't know. No, it is. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Come at us, Dr. Phil. I mean, it's, <laughs> I think it's it's interesting, situational. Maybe sometimes if it's too light, you know, it's going to be hard to hold your interest. But the, you know, the the nature of it being so strategic, like there was no, if you were going to play that game, it was, you were going to have to give it full um, mental acuity. So. Yes. Right. And that that's pretty much the only console I had at that time. And it's true. Yeah, so on the go, you could put it down, pick it up whenever you wanted to. Right, you want yeah, to, yeah, yeah. That's what really sold me on like the Switch as well was the fact that um, I was playing. I, I was playing Legend of Zelda, you know, on the TV mode, but playing it handheld, uh, traveling, like yeah, that definitely. Something it, it was a little weird when you pulled out the switch at the strip club. I thought that was a little strange, but <laughs> it, it was a ball. It was a ball. I mean, you said you were just really having trouble on this one island, and you had to get through it, and it was bothering you. But it was it was a brave move, I thought. Hey, the ladies like Mario. <laughs> oh, Josh just told us something terrible. I can't even. Josh, yeah, are you no. trying to throw me off? What are you trying to do here? No, that was... <laughs> that's inside. That's on the VIP Patreon page. If you want to sign up for a Patreon. <laughs> patreon.com slash sword chomp you can find out what the terrible dirty joke i'm just gonna go through our chat log and just find all of josh's horrible jokes that never make it onto the podcast and just mm. put them up there for our paying patrons um patreon.com slash sword chomp but no fish that's a, <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point uh yeah. interesting i'm i don't really have anything i don't have a um sort of a uh this is why that happened i don't have sort of any commandment right. there i just it's interesting to hear that that was what did it you know mm-hmm. um and it's situation like right now for me weirdly enough spyro has been fucking incredible for helping my anxiety mm. and that is <laughs> i can only think yeah. it's because well there's, there's a couple reasons because you know guys you guys know i like to psychoanalyze things um i <laughs> probably not the term i'm looking for but no, we'll i go think you it. actually got it this time um all right so my brain is still moderately functioning but mm-hmm. i bought that game as the because re- it seems random why the fuck are you playing spiral right now uh i bought it for my daughter and shay it was a double gift because you know when i buy gifts i try to double up on them for people it's more, yeah. more efficient that way um <laughs> that a cheapskate uh, <laughs> and it was only 40 dollars too so it wasn't even a full yeah. game it wasn't even a full price game um but my daughter, I told my daughter for a long time that I wanted to get her the game and I just wanted her to really earn it. And she hadn't really earned it, but it had been like months of me building it up. And then Shay was here and I was going to get this game called Beat Saber for the VR um, because he was in town and Ooh. Shay really wanted to play a lot of VR with me. And I, I, me and Shay have a, a history of playing a lot of rhythm games. So I thought Beat Saber would be fun. But I was like, if I throw down all this money on Beat Saber and like we play it for like one day then it's going to be a complete waste. So I decided that they he would probably love checking out Spyro because of what he said on the podcast before. And my daughter will love it down the road because he'll be gone. Yeah. And that game is um, really, really amazing. I'm not even kidding you. Like, it is the original Spyro game. It's the first three Spyro games. Um, so if you don't like Spyro, I'm, and there's no point, in, you know, overanalyzing the actual game. It's very simple. It has a really solid platforming. You collect a lot of gems. You're a cute little dragon. The thing that blew me away is that what they did with the art direction was the exact opposite 
of what they did with Crash Bandicoot. And the reason why... Mm -hmm. Remember how we used to make fun of how bad that Crash Bandicoot looked? It fucking looks so bad. Um, he yeah. looked like a warped, cheap Netflix, straight-to-Netflix movie. Yeah, like they try to make it look one-to-one -one with the original design, uh -huh. but also completely modern. And I think, Josh, yeah. what they did was that they learned from that or they had more money and more time or just more inspiration because it's the same company. It's Toys for Bob. Yeah. I did a lot of research on it, which blew my mind. I was like, oh, these people really showed those Crash Bandicoot fuckers who's boss. So then I looked it up. And I was like, oh, it's the same people. <laughs> it's the same fucking people. <laughs> well, shit. Yeah. Um, but... I, I was blown away. The second you start that game, it's just so bright and colorful and every like I should I sent you guys a lot of the pictures. Like they took the dragon designs and like just went yeah. crazy with them. Like weird shoulder pads and things dangling from them, weapons, and mm -hmm. like they all have so much personality and basically the whole game is just that. Yeah, like it was based more on like the the concept art than the final models as opposed to you know, like like we said, like the, the crash one where it was literally yes, based on one exactly one. what you played before. Yes. Yeah. And I feel bad that I, I let this one slip by because I, I guess I assumed it was going to be like Crash Bandicoot or like the reviews were positive, but it wasn't like people were just like, you got to play Spyro, yeah. you know? And maybe that's because it's just a remake of Spyro, but... Yeah, I may have to get this the more you keep talking about it because I loved it's, those games back in the PS1. You, okay. and I'm sure if my I'm sure my daughter would just oh, eat it up, dude. so yeah. Even my wife, that's the thing, Josh, if, if you had never played Spyro before, I would be like, I'd be too afraid to recommend it to you. But if you actually like them at one point yeah. in your life, I'd be like, yes, because the art, the, the, the coolest thing about those games uh, tangentially is just that they're the, one of the few games that makes me want hundred percent each level because they're these like tiny bite sized levels that mm -hmm. have like 300 to 400 gems in them. And you'll usually run through and find like 80% of it very easily but if yeah. you want that last 20 percent, you they will make you do some weird platforming shit that's really mm -hmm. interesting um yeah gliding the yeah weird, yeah yeah i remember trying 100 percent those games with friends back in the day um like we, we'd go down in the basement where we had this crappy tv hooked up and yeah uh, like pass the controller around trying to trying to find stuff through each of those levels and it that was, feeling is yeah. still there, Josh. Like, mm -hmm. that, remember that old school gaming feeling where you would like be stuck in an area and you would just kind of be jumping and bouncing against walls and like running into things and you would just spend 30 minutes trying to find that thing you're looking for. Mm -hmm. But it, but it wasn't like infuriating. It wasn't because like bad game design or anything. It was just sort of like the way games sort of were in that period. That's, yeah. that's how more a lot like of toys almost like let's keep messing around with this until yes yeah 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 let's try let's what if i jump a little higher here can i get to that mm -hmm. is that a ledge maybe what is that thing i mean um yeah. there's a lot of that weird stuff where like last night i was like we couldn't find these last 10 gems and i was like what if i just try to glide behind that weird building at the beginning my wife was like what are you talking about i was like what if, what if i could get behind it she's like that's dumb it's look you're gonna die so i just ran and jumped and flew and just barely made it around the building and sure enough there was a ledge hidden behind it with the last 10 gems and she just kind of yeah. looked at me and she's like what the fuck <laughs> and i didn't mm -hmm. cheat or anything i just it was just like I had banged my head around the level enough. Anyways, those that's my yeah. uh, minute on Spiral. But th I think the reason they're helping with my anxiety is because they're so bright and colorful and happy, but the feeling of satisfaction from getting oh, yeah. all those little... Yeah, lots of little goals yes. in those Spiral games. Always something you can finish, like, anytime you turn it on, so... Yeah, it's very happy. Um, it's really good. And it's only $40. I can't... It's hard to not recommend someone a game where you get three games and one for $40. Mm -hmm. Like... I'm probably going to 100% spiral one, and I'll probably be spiraled out, but um, there's two other great spiral games in there, so mm -hmm. it is what it is. 
And uh, if you have a family, your family will probably love it too. Um, the the interesting thing to me when I think about the way a lot of this works, because I want to get to some of these comments, is I told you guys this last year. Um, the one of the reasons I got VR was because I was at a weird point in my life, and I was like, I need to get out of my head. I left my job because of some anxiety issues, a horrible job, and I had an entire day to fill. And anyone who's ever been like a stay at home dad or just been home for a long time, like it is insane how long those days can seem. And oh, you know, yeah. I just found myself sleeping like half the day and just being anxious and feeling like a waste and all these weird symptoms. And I was just not in a good headspace. And I was like, you know what? I need no video game is grabbing my attention. And I was like, I need the most, what is the most crazy technological advancement we have in video games right now? I fucking need it. And that's when I said, you know what? I want to get VR. Because if I put a fucking VR headset on my, <laughs> on, my, on my face and I'm still anxious, then I'm going to be in trouble. And it really did help. Like, that was the reason I got into it. Um, ironically, playing Resident Evil 7, which my therapist thought was funny because that game is all about terror. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there was, and it, it wasn't 100% perfect, but it really was like you're in this place and it really pulled you in and distracted you. And... And that's why I think VR is so cool. Like, and, and I found out from my therapist at the time, like all the different ways they're using VR to treat like certain mental illnesses, but also like people who are recovering from injuries and stuff like that. Like virtual reality is actually being used in the medical space in some really interesting ways that people probably have no idea about. It's not, you know, not video game related, mm -hmm. but it was my form of therapy. So VR, I think is incredible for that. And I would tell anyone out there, especially if you're on the fence with some of those like Shay will talk about this next week, but uh, I let Shay play Astrobot and Moss, um, and he was blown away. And I was like, "Yeah, can you believe you can get both of these games with a two hundred dollar VR bundle?" And he was like, "Dude, that's fucking crazy." I'm like, "I know," but like he he thought it sounded like a good deal until he actually played the games, and he was like, "Oh man, like Astrobot!" Like just seeing how yeah. much excitement he had in his face playing Astrobot and Moss was like, "Okay, you don't know it until you you pop it on," but. That was the idea behind that anxiety. And of course, Breath of the Wild, which is one that a lot of people mentioned in the comments that I put on the post, uh, was a, a really tough time I was going through where I was during that horrible time. And my wife actually had to go to Arizona for a week. And it was just me and the kids and my psychosis. And I was alone in the house by myself. And I was like, I, I was panicking. I actually, this is, this is like a very vulnerable thing for me. I actually was in such a bad shape that I wrote out this thing. I'll show you on the webcam. It's like a little piece of cardboard. And I had, I was marking off the days until my, <laughs> my, uh, at the time fiance was going to come back. It was on the back of a Pokemon sleepwear set, cotton sleepwear set, hmm. uh, tag <laughs> that I just saw on the table. And that, that's something I sane people do. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. That seems like something somebody locked behind bars and they're just scratching on the wall tallying up all the days gone by what do, what, what even... do those little teardrops mean <laughs> oh no <laughs> but you can even see in my language i said till she returns from hell because i was basically in a horrible mental state and i was alone and the fucked up thing was i bought mass effect andromeda to try and help me with that oh. and that ended up being oh god a horrible mistake i was like, dear god <laughs> I, was, mm. I actually didn't know the game was that bad at first. I thought I was just that out of it. And then I realized everyone, nobody liked it. But at first <laughs> I was like, I don't even like Mass Effect anymore. I'm broken. What's wrong with me? <laughs> oh, man, that must have come That's... as a terrible shock. Yeah. 
but Breath of the Wild saved my ass, and it was weird because I I pulled it back out on the on the Wii U, and my daughter would like watch TV with me next to me, so I had like that comfort, mm-hmm. and then I would just play Breath of the Wild on my on my Wii U at the time, and I got lost in that for like a week, and literally it was like night and day. After like three or four days, I was just like. I wasn't sleeping all day and miserable and having trouble functioning. I was I was doing pretty good, which is why I actually feel like I should have gave Breath of the Wild a little more credit in that respect. Because I sometimes mm. I forget that it did help me through a really weird time, and the portability of it was vital. If that if yeah. couldn't have played that on the the tablet version of the Wii U, it would they wouldn't have worked. Um, yeah, because my daughter was sitting there watching Bob's Burgers. And I was playing Zelda and it was just like, I was trying to basically surround myself with as much happiness as I could. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Breath of the Wild in particular, I think is good for that. Um, just because it, it's, it's got a lot of those small goals like we talked about, but they're, yeah. they're unexpected small goals. Like let's, what, what's the top of that hill? Like what's what's over there? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you always you go and you discover something and it feels rewarding, but not in like the oh I collected a thing way. It's like whether there's something there or not, it's you always get an, an interesting story from each little yeah. spot you discover, and that I I think that I think that helps. Um, it does, and it's sort of bright and like it wasn't too depressing. Like I, some of the trials and some of the tone in that game is a little somber, but um. That that game is a magical game, and it takes sometimes it takes a very special game to pull you out of those places. Because I mean, mm-hmm. ask anyone who got into that game. At some point, there's a moment when that game starts clicking for you, where you're like, "Oh shit!" You know what I mean? If, yeah. It feels like one of those special, like all time kind of games. And uh, mm-hmm. my anxiety was no match for that. No match for <laughs> an all time classic. Yeah. Um, nice. Pixel. PA, I'm sorry, Pixel Adams said Breath of the Wild helped me deal with my depression and anxiety as well. The combination of its depth, colorful art style, and good writing really helped me get out of my own head. Darkest Dungeon helped a lot too. I think it was a bit cathartic to be slaying monsters that were attacking me with anxiety and paranoia. <laughs> it's actually pretty good. Mm. Uh, yeah. Didn't even think about that. Um, I'm trying to skim through and see if I can grab any of their Breath of the Wild stuff. Uh, I'm going to start flipping some comments in here so we can just kind of bounce off these. And I know I was kind of uh, going off on a tangent there, but if there's anything really important to you guys you want to get off your chest, uh, do it. Because I don't want to, um, you know, overstep here if you have any other stories or anything like that. Or do you guys want me to get right into the comments? No, I think Um. we're... Comments? Okay. Comments. Give me the all comments. Give me the all go ahead. I could ramble all day, so I'm sorry, I'm not going to. <laughs> um uh Billy underscore Dottie said near Automata. It helped me during a time of a major breakup. Mm. The insane story, beautiful writing, and overall game design helped me big time. Um I'd say video games are a perfect way to distract from anxiety. Awesome topic. Thank you. Uh yes. I I was in a good place when I actually played near. I'm like the near freak of the podcast. I actually mm-hmm. have a near um Tomata shirt hanging over here, but uh, I can't wear it anymore because I'm too fat. So uh, it doesn't it doesn't fit me anymore. Um, I'll wear it for you. I should no. You can <laughs> just, earn just, it. Uh, you, just you pretend all your game. shirts are muscle shirts now. Well, that's the problem, Josh. It's, <laughs> it's showing the wrong muscle. If you know what I mean. Uh, I feel you. <laughs> 
It's the, the shitty thing about some of those cool shirts you can buy, like that are from, they're not exactly the best quality of shirt, is that you know when you get it, you're like, this looks awesome. It's going to shrink in about a week and a half. You can just tell when you're holding the fabric, you're like, this shit's fucking cheap. <laughs> this is going to be no, no match for a year of eating Domino's. Um, and it wasn't. It surely was not. Uh, but I still have it, Fish, so maybe one day you can earn, or maybe I'll just lose all the weight. If I get anxious enough and just stop eating, then maybe I'll, I'll fit it again. Aww. There you so, go. That's a sad thing. Um, Nick of Time Games said, definitely Mass Effect helped me get through a bad breakup. Getting lost in a different universe and getting attached to characters through its brilliant writing was just what the doctor ordered. Sometimes exploration in any form helps us explore ourselves and discover a better place to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mass Effect in particular, just the scale of it. Um, like, the original trilogy there just gave you this... You, you, the first game in particular just gave you this feeling of being part of something huge. Like, as much as everyone hated it, the Mako sections gave you this feeling of being just a tiny part of something massive. Just yeah. absolutely... Mm-hmm. Like, because it made all the worlds you visit seem even larger. Like, in the other games, whenever they got rid of that, like, you'd go to a world, and you'd see a tiny little part of it. Um, yeah, just a small section. Yeah, yeah. tiny little section. And, and, and I know that the, the Mako wasn't great, but it gave you that sense of scale in a way that I think really kind of helped um, just, just really get the point across that you were this tiny, tiny thing trying to fight back against the entire universe coming down around you uh yeah yeah that's true that's true good point um mr hicks 2299 said stardew valley college was getting me real stressed and i couldn't sleep well the game helped me to relax and the calming music helped me to sleep better you know that's a good one i remember i never got into that game but i remember like i would watch videos on it it would make me feel better um during a weird time i wasn't like really depressed per se but i was at kind of a weird point in my life and i remember buying that game like my my daughter would even just boot it up and listen to the music because she didn't know how to play it really Mm -hmm. but it was just something like happy and peaceful about it that like soothed me even though i never really got into the game so i get that really yeah one of the few games ever watched a video or two on just because it made me mean a better (laughs) mood yeah i think i tricked fish into buying stardew valley i can't remember was that you Mm -hmm. Fish? i did yeah yeah it's a i mean I mean, I, yeah, I didn't get into it, but um, mm. I can see that appeal in that game because, you know, yeah, it actually starts with a guy in an office setting and yeah. moves, to the, moves to the country, takes over a farm, and he has to build it up however you want to see fit for that farm, which is kind of cool. Yeah, like that was that that hit too close to home because I had just started working at the worst dead end call center job in history. I remember seeing that opening and being like, fuck, this is too close to. (laughs) But you never know. Sometimes the twist of life out on that farm, nothing but things to do, nothing but things to. You have to survive based off what you're doing out in Mm -hmm. this farm. I mean, that could be. No, I'm just kidding. I don't fucking. (laughs) That's how my. That's how my brain's right now. It's just like, oh, imagine how stressful a farm would be if. Endless hours, and you're exhausted, and you, you're making all your money based on how your crops are. Mm-hmm. You're paying all this money just to feed the ants. The ants are eating everything. <laughs> but, but those no, hot that, that was my valley. life in a real farm. That was back back when I did some farming. Yeah, Ugh. motherfuckers would eat out my cantaloupe. Just oh yeah, like 
Watermelons are a little too tough on the outside for them to really just destroy, but anything mm-hmm. with a much softer sort of shell, they could just eat right through, and they'd, yeah. Damn. They'd, they'd eat my cantaloupe. Those little bastards. Those little cantaloupe-eating bastards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galaxy.cat said three key players, Breath of the Wild, Sims 4, and Minecart. All of them allowed me to be fully immersed in the world, whether or not it was something I created or not. And games that allow creation are really great, too. I'm sure that there might be some more Minecrafts here. Um, yeah. For me, building all my weird stuff in No Man's Sky. Like, build creative outlets are good, I think. Anything, because your brain is just going crazy when you can be creative. You know what I mean? That's one of the reasons yeah. why, no matter how bad my anxiety gets, I always try to do the podcast and stick with Sword Chomp stuff instead of taking a break because that creativity keeps your mind in a good place. Um, hmm. Yeah, that's oddly enough, I, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but like a. It doesn't even have to be like a complete vanilla remake of minecraft and even at this point it really wouldn't matter but like a minecraft without all of the recipes unlocked for you at the beginning would be a really cool thing i think um because when that game originally released in alpha you had like that nine by nine crafting grid and you just had to figure out how to make stuff um oh wow yeah Yeah, i think i i think i might have tried it during that period yeah and it was like like everything about it was just completely obtuse it was just like here you are, you're in a world, you can do whatever, and you just had to figure everything out. But you out. had to figure it out. Yeah, yeah, figure all of it out. Like, you want to make a shovel? You've got a 9 by 9 grid to try to make something that looks sort of shovel-like. Shovelish. Yeah. Like, it was, yeah. Weird. Mm-hmm. Well, the good old days, for some people. Probably. <laughs> for some people. Yeah, I, I, I see why they get rid of it, but I, I do have a lot of fond memories from, like, early, early Minecraft. I, I really really enjoyed it back then i've not really kept up with it as much since then but yeah yeah uh here's a big one gamer dad 83 said destiny one skyrim and world of warcraft helped me through some difficult times mainly my divorce divorce messes with your head when you struggle with internal strife um when one you thought you cared for throws mental barbs at you and you struggle asking yourself if you are worth something to someone i found my escape to these carefully crafted worlds to enjoy my time away from the stresses of the real world for a few hours at a time. But I learned some valuable lessons from this uh, and structured my life as such, and I wouldn't let myself be torn down again. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. Divorce is rough. Me and Fish know exactly what divorce is, life, uh, is like. And mm-hmm. uh, it, is, it is not a fun thing to go through at all. Um. So we feel you. We feel you. But yeah, another another one for World of Warcraft. There, I should be keeping a tally here. Which game has saved the most people from darkness? World of Warcraft would be doing pretty good. Uh, Corn Space said, "I had a situation that happened to me about two years ago, and it was a combination of Telltale Games, Batman, and Game of Thrones. Um, as as well, watching Silicon Valley. Great show. I didn't realize I chose." Um, decisions making games. Oh, okay. I didn't realize I chose decision making games and shows as a tool to change my life. So these games are based off of like making important decisions. Um, God damn it! You guys are throwing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to try to break fish every now and then. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did it. <laughs> that was that was real good, Josh. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna repeat what you said, but it was great good. radio. Mm. VIP, it's going on the VIP <laughs> tonight. Tonight. Um <laughs> unless it's too terrible. Um but yeah, thank you, Corn and Space. I agree with that. If you have to make heavy decisions in, in your media, it can help with what you're kinda of doing in real life. Um Sector Bear said Mass Effect 2, I play it when my mind gets running at the walls, gives me hope when I feel lost. Hope is a struggle. Oh, here's a good one. The boss rude boy said, I didn't leave my house for almost two years due to anxiety, and I still have a problem going to certain places, but Super Mario Odyssey helped me out quite a bit. Hmm. Mario is kind of falling into that Spyro category I talked about because it's just so bright and colorful and happy. And yeah, I mean, it's like even, even the city in Super Mario Galaxy, or not Galaxy, Super Mario Odyssey, like the, yeah. the city level just feels joyous. Like it's, it's got, you know, it's mm-hmm. the regular city kind of busyness and office workers everywhere and taxis and traffic and and somehow feels joyful and all of that which is insane that somehow mm-hmm. they managed to do that like it it should not work but it's it's they're just trying to <laughs> present the illusion of a busy city life as being all happy ah. yeah yeah but yeah they do a good job though yeah you're right mm-hmm. the music and everything yeah mario is one of those games where because even though I guess I'd always been drawn to other platformers because they have a little bit more of a consistent art direction. Like the thing about Mario's art direction is it's intentionally almost inconsistent. Like one second there's a giant turtle, then there's a weird guy throwing. You know, you're, I'm trying mm-hmm. now. Everything in Mario is totally escaping me. But you know what I'm talking about. Like everything <laughs> yeah. in Mario just is completely random. Um, and that's that's what they do. It's bright and colorful and random and it fits that, that world. Now that's not to say it doesn't have an art direction. It absolutely does. Um, but the art direction they're going for is sort of that scattered shot, bright and colorful, almost like acid trip sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it works because so, and I think most of us relate that to a lot of good memories as a ch- from our childhood too, which can be helpful. If you have a lot of good memories of Mario games and you're playing a modern Mario game, you can almost always kind of jump back into a little bit of that, childhood warm fuzziness um and bring it back with you you know yeah which is good uh aaron.8a said zelda breath of the wild helped me during my lowest point failed relationships loss of a family Hmm. career uncertainty the release of zelda and the switch is definitely one of the best gaming experiences due to the contrast of how my life was at that point that's one i can relate to as well yeah that seems to have connected with a lot of people for that reason i think it's yeah. weird. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, it, just the whole setting for that Zelda game is so different in that way. Like, with the whole, you have failed, go go not fail is, like, kind of the setup for that game. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah and, like, yeah, and, like, you're also visiting the ghosts of these people that you mm-hmm. once knew, but you've kind of forgotten about, and you're, like retrieving all these memories back from it like Mm -hmm. it's a very somber story and i've I've said it before on the podcast like i've really enjoyed how emotional those plot lines got with all those Mm -hmm. different champions even if they came off as kind of corny in their delivery i still was able to relate to them in some way and like um yeah the fact that you are just visiting ghosts of these champions of a hundred years ago and they're still like wanting to help you defeat this ultimate evil is like you you can creatively start to put piece together 
what's going on in that story and like kind of like relate it to your life in a way yeah. and um yeah I, I enjoyed it quite a bit like when i finally beat that game like it was such a joyous moment to actually like conquer and feel like i've fully explored every place of it I, I didn't but like i mean there's still new stuff that i find in that game every once in a while whenever i play that game but um yeah it it was very monumental like thing to, for me to actually beat that game yeah yeah hmm. very monumental uh, Messi.Valoni said, Oddly enough, it's maybe more like certain places in certain games. First chapters of Journey, Terra, and FF9, Fisherman's Horizon, mm. uh, from Messi 8, of course, Salt Flats of Estar. Maybe it's about a feeling or an environment combined with the right music. Oh. Which is interesting, yeah, like, um, more like a yeah. setting and a location and a peacefulness. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of games that kind of just the thoughts of these locations can kind of pull you out of a thunk, out of, out of a funk. Just like, um, just thinking about uh, Besaid from Final Fantasy X and just the the relaxing music of this seaside town that knows it could be destroyed by the, you know, world-ending evil that you eventually got to go face, but somehow seems to not be completely, you know. Panicking, yeah. Yeah, emotionally distraught by the, you know, just kind of the inevitability of that it is, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's comforting, I think, on a, on a level just to kind of go back and, and be able to remember these places. Yeah. I, that's true. And like one, one thing I do, like if I think of something like Fisherman's Horizon, I'll try to imagine like if that were real, like what if that were a real place? And I'll try and like visualize mm-hmm. it like really heavily, like walking around through it, like interacting with the people, what it would smell like. Like I try to visualize cause they had the idea there, but of course it's fantasy, Yeah. but it's based in a level oh, yeah. of reality. And yeah. then I can sort of get lost in that, that fun, yeah. silly thought. Yeah. Final fantasy or, Fisherman's Horizon, especially in in Final Fantasy VIII, is a, a the music is probably one of the best Final Fantasy pieces ever. That is th- that the music oh, for yeah. Fisherman's Horizon is it. just the best. Um, but then on top of that, it's kind of it kind of comes at the midpoint in your journey, um, and it's just it's this turning point. It's it's a neutral town, but it's not just neutral. Like, in order for them to exist where they do, they have to be neutral. And, like, they really don't want to see you there causing trouble in their town. Like, they're kind of, they're against you even being there. They're like, like, everyone in the town gives you this impression of just, like, yeah. just, they, they don't want anything to disrupt their way of life. Not even a little bit. Even if you are have mm-hmm. good intentions, like if you have any chance of bringing anything negative with you, yeah. Um, it's yeah. crazy because like I still remember that weird shot of that weird like crane thing or whatever sticking out over the water with that guy fishing on it, and it almost mm-hmm. looked dangerous. But like he didn't even seem to care. Like that town is almost like kind of like rustic. Yeah. Like, like why? The... Why would we worry? Like it's kind yeah. of the impression you get from everyone there. Uh, it's very strange. Yeah. Very strange. But yeah, that. The music will uh, go down eternally as some of the most um, yeah. beloved, peaceful music. Um, because, I mean, honestly, like, how could you, 
How could you feel depressed? Way for the drop. <laughs> That's what yeah. I call the drop. <laughs> <laughs> the drop. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's funny. Like during this whole conversation, oddly enough, it's kind of going back to Breath of the Wild. Like talking about just peaceful locations. Like I, I've had the Terrytown music stuck in my head the whole time from <laughs> Breath of the Wild, which is the town that you kind of it's like this completely optional side quest, but you can mm. help establish this town like the first new town like everywhere else in the game seems to be tied to the past in a lot of ways they're still recovering even though it's been a hundred years since ganon took over and everything but a lot of it seems like ruins there's not a lot of progress since then and it's this town that you help build with all these people who are not happy with staying with the way things are and who kind of want to move on um, yeah, and the music in that place is just perfect because it starts off as this really quiet, somber thing, with you know just not a lot going on with it. Um, and as you find new people who want to live in this town that you're building, like they each bring an element to it, and the music changes as you go through the quest, and like you'll add like someone new will decide to come there, and come and live there, and it'll bring a new element to the song, to the music of the place that just, it it gives it its own personality. And by the time you're done, it's just, it's lively. It's, it's hopeful. It's some of the most musical of the music in that game. Cause a lot of the music is really ambient. It's really just minimalist and you get so much melody, so much hopefulness from this town in Breath of the Wild, that it's it really is just one of my favorite places in gaming. Uh, it's just kind of going back and visiting Terrytown and seeing how people are moving on in in Breath of the Wild. So That's cool. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, moving on, pushing through. Um, yeah, music, that's a, almost a whole topic for a whole other show, but yeah, music is huge in that because some people, a lot of people that want to escape and just feel better listening to music in general. So um, mm-hmm. the fact that one of the coolest things I think about video games is that you get the escapism, but you also get such these, all these grandiose uh, scores uh, of any variety, depending on the game. And video games are just great, man. They're just fucking great. I, don't, I just don't mm-hmm. understand why. <laughs> right? Just, they're too good. <laughs> they are. That's what my dad used to be like, why do you like video games so much, boy? And I'd be like, Dad, you like movies? Yeah. You like music? Sure. What if you could play an endless <laughs> movie with incredible music? There you go. It's like a combination of everything I love. Of course, you mm-hmm. know, that's a terrible way of describing it, but that's what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> Sharply Poetic said, Zelda, A Link to the Past. My parents were in the process of separating and somehow... Link's plight to save Hyrule made my problems seem a little less awful that summer. Both Ganon and divorces suck. Hey, Ganon is great. I will not hear it. No, <laughs> just kidding. So at least I got to kick one of those things. But Link's to the past. Give him some love to a classic yeah. Zelda. Hmm. Especially if you're younger, trying to sort those feelings out. Which what your parents are going through. Um, yeah. 
Hmm. Okay, just a few more here. Jade, si- Jade Siren said, I was going through a rough patch a few years ago, and two games helped me so much. Um, I don't know what this first one is, and Borderlands 2. The former social aspect saved me from completely isolating myself in darkness. Wipe the ladder. Um, with the ladder, helped me focus on strategies and stories in a fantasy realm I will forever cherish. So get some Borderlands love in there. Borderlands 2. Yeah. Someone left in here that... Uh, I'm sitting Jane here will... waiting for Fish to chime in in some sort of fashion. <laughs> Fish is just Sorry. absorbing it. He's absorbing everything. Oh. Well, Borderlands 2, I, I directly relate to my ex because me and her played that constantly. So, But I can understand that. I mean, um, I mean, you just jump in and you start fighting and you get loot. Like, there, there's, there's definitely a parent loop in that game and it, it simplifies what you're doing in that game and... Um, you kind of get this drive to go through that game that is not necessarily mindless, but in a way, kind of. Um, and it it's just great over to the just... top action comedy, ridiculous comedy. Yeah, um, yeah, all that stuff falls to the wayside, and I just want just the loot. Loot. Yeah. Hey, loot could be enough to distract. Somebody, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I want to look for the really vulnerable ones here. Let's see. Um, the gamers <laughs> Bermuda <laughs> who's pantsless here? Um, mm. besides Josh. The gamers <laughs> the underscore gamers Bermuda said most of my childhood I only had two best friends and they both left um because they're families. All I had was a GameCube and eventually a Wii and a whole bunch of games. My parents made sure I had games to play, either bought or rented despite not having much money. Somehow they always made it work. Or said she may always made it work, so I guess it was her mother, but um so that was like a comforting thing there. Um after uh Landon Brigman said after I went through some things I hold up in my house the three sixty in the Mass Effect series. I only went to work and played that game. I know Bioware isn't very popular recently, but that series... And that's why people are so frustrated, I think, with the new one, is that those games were so pivotal to so many people. Yeah. And now people don't even know what the fuck that series is going to be. But Hmm. nobody can, you know... I will not hear anything negative saying about the first three Mass Effect games. They are too good. will not stand for it. Not on this podcast, Fish. Don't you dare. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the first one. Oh, uh, don't yep. get into the second one. The first one is the best. Not enough people realize that because a lot of the RPG uh-huh. elements didn't work until halfway through the game <laughs> because accuracy was tied to a stat. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the first one meant the most to me. But I don't. I don't know if I could comfortably say it was the best. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not yeah. gonna say. Don't put me on the spot. Oh, that song at the end of the first one, too. So good. Um, this one's pretty pretty rough. Dean Smith 4095 said, I suffer from depression and anxiety. And for me, it was a game called um, Elix by Piranha Bytes. It's an old school RPG that I started playing during a pretty bad bout of depression. But the world and characters really appealed to me. And I just love losing myself for hours at a time. I don't think it was a big critical hit when it came out, but it'll always be a special game for me. Uh, was it Elix by Piranha Bytes? I have to have somebody Google hmm. that. Check that out. I've never heard of that. Um, Eric John also said Breath of the Wild helped me through the tough loss of a friend. Breath of the Wild came up here again. That's tough. Anyone losing a friend? I, as much as you know, I anxiety really fucks with me. I I do consider myself 
very fortunate that I, my parents are still around and, you know, as far as I know it, I don't have a serious re, like physical illness. Uh, my kids are healthy and I understand that as frustrating as something like anxiety is, it's still, um, a mental thing. And, uh, that doesn't mean it doesn't cripple the hell out of me for a long period of time sometimes, but I, I always try to look around and put things into perspective. And I always, you know, definitely feel for someone who's suffered like the loss of a close friend. Like if one of you guys passed or like, I've, I've been fortunate in that no one really, really super close to me has passed. And I'm grateful for that. But my grandma, my grandparents are starting to, um, I've lost a few in the past couple of years. So, mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting older and it's starting to happen. And that's making me depressed now I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just, just a matter of time. Um just make sure they stock up on those uh one up lives. Yeah. Nice nice one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Don't apologize. Uh, Shit Ain't Real said, I played about 1,500-something hours of Destiny. I was unemployed for eight months. Mm. And about depression, it was the only thing that kept me sane. That loot! Destiny kept us sane. <laughs> or, or made me insane when I couldn't get the Hawkmoon. But that's a oh good Oh my god. I, that, I still have no idea, just like, statistically, <laughs> how you never got one of those to drop. That's just unreal. Oh, I finally got it to drop when uh, Zer sold it to me. Oh, yeah, that's Strange right. <laughs> yeah, I he think I... finally sold it. Oh, what's Disenchanting called in that game? I can't even remember. But yeah, like I took three or four of them apart because I got multiple, multiple drops of that gun. It's like that's I had... disgusting. Yeah. Uh, that's a story for another podcast, mm-hmm. Josh. They just... That gun did not like you. It did not. <laughs> Yeah, I played Destiny for stress relief. Like, I was working two jobs as I played Destiny, and, like, coming home to that, like, helped me de-stress from, you know, the work life uh, that I was living, like, putting in, like, 70 hours a week and being able to just look forward to this one thing that I can play at night for, you know, two or three hours was just enough for me to kind of keep it together, keep my sanity, and not make me feel like I was just like some sort of work robot going through the week. Um, so, yeah. Really Destiny. enough, Fish, like sometimes being a work robot almost helps me, which is odd. Like some of the best times I've had in my life mentally are when I'm just in that fucking rhythm. And mm. some of my therapists always told me about like people, a lot of people with severe anxiety disorders need routine because it mm, they're not... Right they don't worry about the next thing that's coming around the corner. It's always the same. So they get, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm not saying I've always been happy at every job, but for some reason that grind kind of can help me. And it makes me sad that that's the case because like, <laughs> like I, right now I have this beautiful spot in my life where I can spend all this time with my children. But like, I wake up every day just like panicking because it's terrifying how much time I have, you know? Hmm. Um, anyways, yeah. tangential, sorry. Josh, well, Josh, you you know what that's like to a degree. Well, um, the thing with that is, no one's making a schedule for you, but you can make your own um, yes. if you need a routine like that. Um, I mean, something as simple as just setting alarms on your phone, like, oh, it's time to go do this, so you can't, you know, change your mind whenever it comes around to it. Um, I mean, not that that's necessary, but if that's something that helps you, um, yeah, just 
make it make a schedule. Um, it you're can. right. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. I've been starting to, but I think when your body first gets into it, you haven't yeah. built the schedule yet. You're just mm-hmm. kind of learning it, so it's just like <gasps> hundreds of yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Feeling obligated is is a uh, a great motivation for actually sticking to a schedule. So mm-hmm. whenever you have the option yourself, it can be tough. And that's one of the things people say about anxiety that it's generally there for a reason. So it's probably telling you, you know. You're going to sit on your ass all day if I don't scare the shit out of you, so go do something. <laughs> um, maybe. And sometimes, you know, anxiety is just fight or flight and fear and all this stuff. Uh, uh, let's see. A couple of the cafe is back, said Pharmacy 10 always helps me put things in perspective. Whenever mm-hmm. I'm feeling lost in life, the questioning of religion and social responsibility and the complicated relationship between Titus and Jack always puts me in the right mindset. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, that's Final Fantasy X is one of those games that I think has been memed to death because of that <sighs> laughing scene, which, it, taken out of context, is just fucking ridiculous. Like, it's it's just a meme. Like, oh my god, look how bad voice acting used to be. Like, all these games used to be just complete right. nonsense. And it's really not. Like, the whole point of that scene was <sighs> kind of... Fake it until you make it. Essentially, like mm-hmm. just just smile through it. Um, like it's got a good message behind it. It's like it's it's supposed to be awkward. Granted, they probably made it more awkward than it even needed to be. Well, but voice acting at the time was yeah. not great. But even that you know, though it was, was it like it really. It's people people shit all over that game, and it really doesn't deserve. Half of what it gets. No, no, yeah. I don't think so. At the time, I didn't think the voice acting was going. Look, I'm not going to go back and judge it now, but I remember at the time not being bothered by it. Thinking, mm-hmm. well, you know, Final Fantasy characters have always been a little bit on the quirky side. Maybe this is what they actually sound like. They just never could talk before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think but the I didn't mind it. Strangest <clears throat> thing about it was just because voice acting was such a big commitment at the time. Going from text to voice acting was a bit strange, kind of like going back and forth and back and forth and not knowing whether something was going to be voiced or not, because it wasn't. And then dubbing it to English, making mm-hmm. sure, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a yeah there, there, was, there was a bunch of inconsistency back in the day that uh, we just kind of had to deal with. Um, yeah. But, but, uh, but other than that, it, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely feel the love for that game as well. Let's see. Epsilon Games said when I was in fifth grade, I moved to a new country. The different language and culture in Fall Fantasy VIII helped me escape. And it actually helped me learn English, which is pretty cool, actually. Hmm. I saw a Fall Fantasy VIII comment in there, and I had to read it, uh, of course. <laughs> um, Brand Brill. I could read these forever. This is going to have to be the last. There's so many good ones. I hate this, but this, I'll make this the last one. And thank you, everyone, again, who was open and sharing cool stuff with us here. Yeah. Or tough stuff. I shouldn't always say cool stuff, rough stuff. Um, I try to spread it out as much as I can. Um, and oh, there's just so many comments here. A brand Brill said, I'm going through paternal postpartum depression and Breath of the Wild is helping me cope. I can just mm. zone out and escape my demons while fighting demons and climbing a mountain and watching a beautiful sunrise. Such as an epic game. I'm glad I can find some peace while dealing with my own issues. So that's more, more Breath of the Wild um, love there. Yeah. One the one of the interesting things I'll say with anxiety as we move on, because it's actually a spot for our ad as well, um, is that I always had this metaphor. I had a video like this up on YouTube. Maybe I'll bring it back if I can 
if I feel inspired. But the metaphor that one of my therapists gave me is that everyone um, either has a different sized cup depending on um, how their brain works. Like people that suffer with anxiety disorders might have a, just a smaller cup. But the idea is that as you pour more things in the cup, even good things, it's just getting fuller and fuller and fuller. But once it overfills that or overflows, that's when you can have panic attacks or your anxiety bleeds in your life. Um, some of you buy a new house that could fill up half the cup because that's a huge thing. You start a new job. You'd pour some in there. It could be good things like being excited about doing this podcast um, is something that gives me a lot of anxiety, but it's positive anxiety. But it is still an important stressor in my life. I have to make time for it. And then eventually it overflows. Um, and that's an interesting thing I always thought that stuck with me about thinking about anxiety when you're doing better in life, it's generally, um, decreasing. And for some people, maybe it's not a smaller cup. Maybe it just fills up faster. However you want to look at the metaphor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also people that don't overflow as much as I do. I really am. Um, and during this metaphor, I was actually using my sassy D <laughs> mug that I got from, uh, at sassy D merch or sassy they are our sponsor. Um, this is their legendary Sassy Chew mug that you've seen all over the Swordchomp Instagram page. It is a penis Pikachu. That, yes, that's exactly what it is. Uh, <laughs> it must be seen to be believed. Sassy Chew. Uh, me and Shay had a lot of fun making ads for this when he was in town. I'll have to say, <laughs> I have a bunch. Any of the ads that don't make the light of day, we'll have to go on our private VIP page because we did, we did a bunch and some of them are real bad. Um, I'll tell you that. But um, they're... they're they do a lot of really cool gag gifts and they're a really strong love for video games as well. And, uh, they believed in us enough to sponsor us and we have a continued relationship with. So go sassydicks.com or at sassydmerch on Instagram. If you're on there right now, you're flipping through while you're listening to the podcast, give them a follow. Uh, they do good stuff. Help them grow. But it's definitely for the, just know it's mature content. Maybe not go there when your kids are around or they're going to ask you what a sassy chew is. And that's going to be a tough conversation to explain. It might give you a little anxiety while yeah, we're talking that about That little it. thing at the end. That's so there's extra room and <laughs> it doesn't pop. Oh, there you go. But um, I don't know. Anyways, uh, that was a fun topic. And yeah. we got you don't to, to kind ex- of. You really don't want to explain fluid dynamics to a child at that age. No. Yeah. Probably not the best idea. Um, My parents just, I feel like, I have such amazing parents, but I feel like they just avoided it. I feel like I never got the birds and the bees talk. And Mm. I feel like it really fucked with me. I feel like they were just like, he'll figure it out from somewhere else or we don't want to give it. I got so many other weird topics. Like one time when I came in Like I'm sure he already has a Playboy magazine. Why why would we tell him how all this works? It would have been helpful. I'm, I'm not kidding. One time I walked in the house and my mom ran up to me and she's like, I need to tell you that you can still get STDs from oral sex. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> what? What is that? <laughs> what? <laughs> I was like, first off, mom, if I'm, ha- if I'm getting any oral sex in, in fucking middle school, then I've Have you got- seen these cargo pants? <laughs> <laughs> this is a no oral sex zone I have going on right here. Oh, man. We, but yet, I could not get the birds and the bees talk to save my life. So, uh, needs to say that first, <laughs> first girl I tried to lose my virginity to accidentally got in the butt. It was an accident. No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> I had enough wherewithal to make sure that didn't happen. 
Um, but, uh, goddammit. Parents really failed me there. So maybe the sassy D is just the icebreaker you need <laughs> to, to have that conversation with your kids <laughs> when they're as of age. Um, so, uh, Josh, you've been playing a couple games before we get to the polls here that are pretty interesting. What, what's Wander Song? Tell me about Wander Song. Um, it is a game from last year that I, I kind of wish I got around to last year. It's kind of a, uh, um, adventure game. It's, it's hard to really classify. It's most of it is story based as far as like the actual general mechanics underlying it. Oh, it looks very bright. Holy shit. Yeah. Like extremely bright, extremely bright. Um, like you're playing as the bard who is the hero of this tale, instead of just being, you know, some throwaway character that you replace as soon as you get anybody else in your party. Um, and how, like, it, as a main character, how he deals with trying to save the world. Um, and what is, the, what is the gameplay like, though? Well, that's... that's it, it, I, I think Adventure Game is probably the closest we can get because it's kind of its own own thing. It's like somewhere between Adventure Game and just general story game. Um, so just, like wander around, talk to people, point wander and click. around, talk to, talk to people. Um, not so much point and click as your main way of interacting with the world is singing. Cause you're a bard. Like oh, basically yeah, at, like you were saying, okay. At, okay. At I'm any time, okay. at any time while you're playing, even in the middle of a conversation, you can use the right stick to pick a note to, to sing. in. so like, if you're in the middle of a conversation, and decide, I want to sing this line. You can use the right stick and just kind of sing along as the oh, that's great yeah. as the music, uh, you know, as as the the dialogue goes, um, which is ridiculous. But it's it's really joyful. It's really great, and kind of seeing the way this character interacts with the world around him is is really cool. Um, and a lot of the characters in this game, I think, definitely would have made it on my like you know short list for character of the year back when we were um going through that uh end of the year stuff like especially um like one of my favorites so far is Miriam which is kind of the uh uh she's the witch who tags along with you kind of your your sidekick but who is constantly annoyed that you're a bard like like she has to be the sidekick to a bard like she should be in this great party <laughs> well, and nobody like, likes bards why do people hate bards so yeah, much yeah exactly the- and that's like the whole thing with this um, it's, it, it's, it's, it's really great. The story in this game has been just amazing so far. Um, I'm like four chapters in, I'm not sure how far it is. Cause I don't want, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, but, um, I texted you guys this at the time, but like once I finished the third chapter of this game, like it goes from being just completely joyful and lighthearted and really starts getting into some stuff that is much harder to deal with but does it in a way that is still <sighs> approachable and it's it, it it's really good it's really good it's it's something that i really just because it's 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 unlike a lot of other things i i really feel like it's a game that uh you should you should play just to have the the experience of um yeah i've it, I, it's very. It. I can't believe we missed. Like it's very weird looking. Like I, 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 nothing looks quite like it. I need to watch some video on it too to check it out because it sounds really joyful and weird. Um, 
and just the color scheme we're talking about anti-anxiety games like that game looks mm-hmm. so bright and joyous mm-hmm. um how do we miss it's on the switch too it looks like it says it's on the switch yeah it is like i saw it when it came out but it looked like it was just going to be too childish i thought like oh all these bright colors it's just you know some kids nintendo game and i just kind of wrote it off and then kept hearing people talk about it like it's you know like not a lot of stuff from last year keeps getting talked about like a lot of it has kind of just died off like oh it's just the hype whenever it came along but yeah. i keep seeing people bring it up like I'm like okay maybe maybe there's something here and i finally finally get around to playing it and it's just it's it's really worth your time if it, if anything we've talked about so far sounds remotely interesting like it's I, I think you should pick it up it's it's really been just a joy to play through so far that's the weird thing about going back and playing some games that you miss, uh, especially on the Switch, being good for that. Um, like, I was going to talk to you guys about Hollow Knight. I actually just stumbled on, just completely accidental, Josh, we're talking about Song, and mm-hmm. I was learning about it so I could talk about it with you without sounding like a complete uh, jackass, and then I stumbled across, <laughs> or more, uh, any more of a jackass than I would normally sound like, and I stumbled <laughs> across this <laughs> article about uh, Gris, and it just... Uh, mm. That's a game that I've been wanting to play for a long time. Oh, yeah. you should I, go through that as well. That's another great game that, unfortunately, last year was so full of great games that it also just, like, had a hard time rising to the top. There was just, there was so much competition last year. Um, well, and Gris is one that I've seen, though. Like, I saw it a bunch of the BAFTAs mm. on the, that just had their awards over the weekend here. Um and the but just the tagline this guy had at Polygon was Gris is about the fear we live with and finding a voice to defeat it. And I was like, that's what I need right now. That sounds mm. fucking amazing. Um, yeah. If that's maybe just his interpretation. Yeah, it, that game also has a main character who kind of sings to interact with the world. But, it, but do you it's, think it's I would like it? Much... Does it seem like I would like it? You know me pretty well. That one is more about kind of platforming, puzzle solving type stuff. Like very very little emphasis on the puzzle solving aspect of it, um, more about just getting where you're going. Um, it's it's probably closer to like Journey on that whole spectrum because Journey is basically about just getting to the mountaintop, um, and this is closer to that, um, than like some of the puzzle aspects like. Uh, Wander Song is a whole lot more about talking to people and learning about what their deal is because um, you're this bard like your your whole way of communicating is just telling singing. stories, singing yeah. you're, yeah. you're um, relating all these stories and so like every time you get to somewhere it's it's got this really cool thing where the the side quest is the main story where, like, you know, you'd get to a new town and try to figure out what everyone's doing, and, oh, there, here's this side quest before you get onto the main thing. The side quest is the main thing in, in Wander Song. Um, whereas Gris is more, like, trying to deal with your own stuff. Man, for tiny, for tiny, that, that sounds cool. I'm going to check it out. For tiny games last year, just skimming, the, the Messenger, Dead Cells, Gris, mm-hmm. Celeste, and Return of the Obra Dinn, that's yeah. just throwing a, that's so just a handful. So much indie stuff was amazing last year. Just amazing. Um, and I think you can get almost all of those on your Switch, which is nice. Mm-hmm. The Switch has actually almost. encouraged me to play those. Like, that's the reason I went back to get Hollow Knight. Um, yeah. It's because I knew I'd have more time to try it out. 
on this. What is the speaking of Hollow Knight? Because I've been playing that. Uh, I put a couple hours in that this week. Unfortunately, the traversal in that game and the general vibe of it is so dark and depressing. It has not been helping with my anxiety. <laughs> um, I I, the opposite, I can understand actually. that. Yeah. Uh, not that it's it's very effective in what it's doing, but that music is so damn fish the soulless husk of the podcast. Uh, you should definitely check out Hollow Knight. I th- oh, okay. I think you might connect with it because it's real <laughs> depressing. Metroidvania, which I know you're a fan of, yeah. or at least were a fan of oh. back in the day. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Imagine Super Metroid, but you're a bug, and you're killing a bunch of other evil bugs. That's pretty much yeah. it. Although some of them don't look like bugs, but I guess they are. It's a little confusing. Like, I just fought this weird thing that I had to, like, shoot projectiles at. The game was teaching me how to shoot projectiles, and it was, like, it was shooting these little roly-poly bugs at me, but it looks sort of like an anteater, but I'm assuming it was some kind of a bug. So sometimes the art direction trips me out, because I don't really know exactly... I know it's all weird-looking, which I like, but I don't really know... Like, I can't always pinpoint, like, that's... I know what kind of bug that is. That's a weird version of a... Cricket. Sometimes it's obvious. Like if you see an evil mosquito looking thing, you're like that is a de- that's like a demonic version of a mosquito, you know. Mm-hmm. But some of the designs are like real weird, and I don't know specifically what kind of animal or, or insect. Because there's only insects, right? Everything in the game is based uh, around not necessarily. Like okay. th- that's that's the kind of they have a few different kingdoms you kind of go through um, that are like you know kind of ruled by different varieties of bugs. Like, the main one is beetles. Like, basically anything that's insectoid, but but especially beetles is kind of, like, the main, mm-hmm. most of the stuff you go through. And then you'll get to, like, areas that are mostly mantis. Um, and there's, like, a beehive that has a lot of bee-related <gasps> enemies. Bees! Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. That's, um, like, my... And, like, kind of the, your, your, your foil gl- throughout the game is a hornet who is, okay. like, visiting from another kingdom that's not really in the game. Um, but yeah. Um, and then they also have other areas that are like kind of fungus, I guess. I think that's where like I'm at. I'm in this enemies. weird area right now where it's like all grassy kind of. Oh yeah. There's... The queen's garden. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, there's like, I did find this one weird room with this giant hanging, like, there's some weird stuff in that game that is intriguing, but I don't know what's going to be coming. Like, it was like a map of like. Yeah. It looked like a ball sack made out of thorns hanging out of the <laughs> hanging out of the ceiling and it was giant and I was like, "Well, and you could walk in the room and look at it, but that's all you could do. There wasn't anything else in the room you could do." So I'm like, "Well, I guess I need an ability or something's going to happen later." Hmm. Um, but there's thorns in this area I'm at in some areas. These really creepy looking thorns. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, this the, Hollow Knight is it, it's basically just a Metro, Metroidvania but with a lot of the Dark Souls, Go ahead yeah, say, a, lo- the a, dark lo- souls yeah a lot of the Dark Soul, Souls type <laughs> leveling mechanics. As far yeah. as you'll you'll lose money anytime you anytime you die, and uh, have to go back to your corpse to retrieve it, type of a thing, um, which is not as strict as in no. Dark Souls, just because things aren't quite as lethal in this game. Um, but you're expected to go much farther between save points. So it's yes. kind of, yes. it's, it's, it's like ev- nothing is quite as lethal. So you're, expe- you're expected to explore a lot more, but you have to go a long ways, um, which is kind of the, the trade off here. Uh, that's the only thing that I think is killing me right now. Cause I love the art direction and I love the 
actual combat, like all the bosses so far, I've only maybe died once because the combat's just clicking with me. Like yeah. they do a really good job of like introducing you to a mechanic and then like you'll see a boss that really utilizes that mechanic. Uh-huh. Um, and like the first, I think I've beaten three of the bosses and they were all fucking awesome. But yeah. uh, the traversal stuff is killing me because I just, <laughs> I, I'm trying to explore and I keep dying and I'm just like getting, now it does have this really cool mechanic where you can like heal yourself. So if yeah. you've saved up, which is nice. Yeah. That, that's actually one of my favorite mechanics from a Dark Souls game, um, which is the, the, the soul mechanic in this game which is basically anytime you damage or kill an enemy, yes, you'll kind of fill this soul reservoir that you can use for any of your spells or to heal yourself if you take damage, um, which keeps you going as you explore through the world. Um, yeah. Because you'll be killing stuff constantly and constantly filling that reservoir, but if you like take a hit, you'll be able to kind of, after combat, fill it back up. Well, um, you can use that reservoir for your projectile attacks too, mm-hmm. right? So it's like a... Yeah, for like a oh, and, and your spells. Like you, you start off with a projectile, oh, but like yeah. you'll eventually get other other ways to use all that, um, that resource. Um, but like the, the the main thing, the thing that I think is the most important is just being able to heal yourself with it, so you can keep going as you explore. Um, instead of kind of like like one of the worst feelings in Dark Souls is when you're like ten minutes into a new area. And have just run out of Estes flasks, and you're like, do yeah. I keep going or do I run all the way back to where I was and redo this and see if I can do it better the next time? Um, and this kind of yeah. tries to avoid that by having you constantly be refilling that reservoir of healing power, um, I, which is really cool. Uh, it was it's one great. of my favorite. Yeah. yeah. And if it's the theme, I just I don't know. It just. I feel like that's the only thing it's like today I tried to play for like half an hour and I just didn't get anywhere. I finally just started running through areas without killing things to try and like just see what was there until I found like a train station or whatever. Cause those are mm-hmm. like, you know, you can travel back and forth, but I just, I'm just having a lot of trouble yeah. getting around and I just, I just yeah. want to see things, Josh. I just want to <laughs> see the bosses. I yeah. just want to play. Yeah. It. The, the world is huge in this game and that's something that's very different to a lot of Metroidvania games. Oh like, yeah. A lot of them are like really dense kind of like small self-contained areas mm-hmm. and hollow knight feels like a really large world for that style of game and that kind of that it does take some getting used to um i know i'm not gonna quit yeah. i just it's beating my ass and i just uh, i just i I'm scared i just metrovania games are tough for me now are tougher for me now at this age than when i was younger but i just one in particular is just fucking rough mm-hmm. uh, but i love the i love the combat so far and i love the look and like the world like that weird egg at the beginning it's like i don't know what this is but i like the mystery like what's going mm-hmm. on like there's a lot of like things they drop in the world yeah. where you're like you want to know what what it is you know you're like i want to learn more about this mm-hmm yeah, and but what it does, do I do if I'm that. getting my a lot ass of the story kicked, Josh? <laughs> a lot of the storyline is delivered kind of in a Dark Souls fashion, where you, like you'll you'll get a new item, get get information from a cutscene or something that'll just give you context for something you've seen for the entire game up until this point. You're like, oh, that's what that means, um, and it, it it really really is cool. Um, like it, it, that that's something that I think Metroidvanias have done well in a lot. In a lot of ways, as far as like you'll get a new item and kind of it'll recontextualize 
stuff you've seen so far. Like, oh, that's what this is for. Like, I, this, this sort of area, that's how you deal with this. Um, that's, how you get, that's how you get there. And I feel like Dark Souls has kind of taken that and used it for a storytelling um, purpose. And this is kind of putting it back into a Metroidvania. Um, in a lot of ways, and so I've I've really I've loved my time with with Hollow Knight. That's kind of yeah, yeah. It's the the music is is really really good too, but it's also yeah. just so somber that I my wife you know makes me watch a lot of Harry Potter movies, and I was listening to the music today, and it reminded me of like the Harry Potter score. If Harry Potter was about his corpse being ripped apart by crows, um. <sighs> His, his rotting corpse is being ripped apart by vultures and the camera pans. And that's kind of what the music reminds me of. Because mm. it's it's got that sort of whimsical, like, fantasy, almost like witchy kind of vibe to it. Mm. Um, but it's a, more, like, epic and dismal and depressing. Um, and there's this theme of, like, sort of, like, this whole game you're, like, going down down and down and down like this mm-hmm. game it's probably one of the most dismal games i've ever experienced in a long time um which is probably again why i've had some tough time with it this week but i really like it i really do yeah yeah the music has a way to make you feel small um, well you are a very tiny night yeah you are but i mean like you, you are a bug but like especially like the score especially kind of reinforces that in a lot of ways like it, it's it, it, it makes you feel just just tiny in this world as you go through it. Yeah. Yeah. They do this cool thing too where like the music doesn't change but there's almost like this chugging kind of guitar thing that comes in when you're fighting. So the music there's like a back mm-hmm. melody that always stays present but then there's like this that comes in when you're fighting stuff. I think it's hammering on a piano actually. Is that is that what it is? Yeah. I'm not saying it's yeah, you're probably right. I think it is. Like it it's just really it's it's a really unique combat layer that comes in the music whenever that shows up i i'd have to listen to it again but i think it's i think it's like hammered or possibly bowed piano strings that's it definitely sounds dense like it's it's, it's heavy but yeah yeah that's the thing i didn't want to say for sure it just remind look that's that's a good point josh it just reminded me of a palm muted guitar like kind of like when someone's strumming the guitar but they're just doing everything palm muted yeah i mean it could be several layers of like a palm muted guitar but like it's 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 definitely got a weight to it that is yeah really cool really cool i it really does it really does have a just incredible um kind of uh it's it's just it's unique it's very unique uh, I wish I knew what that was called. What that, what that um, music was actually called. Hmm. The like the main you know theme that runs through the game. Because um, I put in Hollow Knight theme, just kind of looking for stuff, and it's just there's just too much. There's like a million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have a there's a ton of music in that game. That's the soundtrack to the game is just amazing. Um, and I don't even know if that combat layer is its own track in the soundtrack. Now that I'm thinking about it, because it's that's one of the ones that I actually, but yeah, like that, that, that combat layer that kind of joins in with everything else is really cool. That, that, dun, 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 yeah, cause it, yeah. cause it just pops in and out depending mm-hmm. on, on what you're doing. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's pretty amazing, but it's just, yeah, stick with it some more. We'll see how it goes. Um, and I want to talk more about that next week when Shay's here. Cause I know he wants to talk about hollow Knight fish. I'm telling you, 
I'm not saying you should get into it because I know you're a good man. You bought Donkey Kong. You're playing a lot of stuff. But eventually, mm-hmm. when you feel inspired, I think this game might it might be up your alley knowing you. Okay. Uh, all the boxes, Soulless Husk, depressing music. <laughs> uh, Soulless Husk is its own box now. Metroidvania, Dark Souls, <laughs> you know. you know. How do you feel, Beatles? Oh, wait, Heracross is your favorite Pokemon. Bing, 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 bing. I'm yep. just checking the <laughs> Ticked all the boxes. I think I'm going to pick this up on Switch then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then make, it'll make me feel better if you're also having trouble. Because if you're, if you're breathing oh, okay. food, then I'm going to be like, God damn it. That was just my luck. Fish, fish is like, oh, I couldn't beat the second boss in Donkey Kong, but I'm having no problem in Sekiro. I'm like, oh, that doesn't make any fucking sense. I can beat Donkey Kong with one hand on my behind my back, but I fucking suck at Sekiro. Um, so we call it now Sekiro. <laughs> we can't be the first people that have coined that. But I'm going to pretend we are. Um, you are. I don't think anybody else thinks that game sucks. No, I mean, like, I suck at it. Oh, okay. Not that the game is sucky. I suck no. at it. I think it's a really cool yeah. game. Uh, but you know what, Fish? You know what else I love about you? What? What do you love about me? Baba. Huh. Baba. Baba. <laughs> uh, what is this my transition? <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> what about what my daughter says? She's Baba. Mm. Baba. Oh. You want me to stick a bottle in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> Baba is you as the very it's a puzzle game a lot of people are talking about um that every time people try to explain just sounds like they're having a stroke so good luck Josh Oh yeah I know right um it's it's I guess if I had to classify it it's probably along the lines of a lot of the coding puzzle games but not not in any sort of way like a lot of the other games have been um stuff like uh um Anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to go into those. But um, <laughs> I feel so bad for you trying to. How about this? Can you explain it in a way that, like, what is it about Baba is you? Because I mean, people will find these. Horrible yeah, it's descriptions essentially of the game. a box pushing puzzle game, which everyone can kind of get. Like you're okay. trying to push boxes. Like that's that's the general it's, it's mechanic. Catherine. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> well, but but you know, like a two D one, sort of like you know the Zelda box puzzle type of thing. Okay, but with that's the that's the general mechanic. Like you're looking at a top down game you push stuff around however all of the game's rules are defined by text that is written within the game world Um, Mm. text that are objects that you can push around Um, for example in most levels the game's title Baba is You are basically three bits of text that are in the level which allows you to control Baba, which is this little sheep-looking sprite that you generally start out controlling in a level. Um, and basically, whatever is you is the player character at that point. Um, so you can be Baba if that starts out as a level, or you could push something else in front of there. So something else is you. Um, and basically, that that goes for all the rules in the game as far as what is the win condition? Like, how do I win this level? Um, you can, in a lot of ga- in a lot of levels, it'll be, especially the early ones, it'll be just move your player, player character to whatever the win condition is. Because um, you win by having you and the win condition be on the same tile, essentially. 
Um, but you can do that in a variety of ways. You could do that by moving to where the wind condition is. You can do that by changing what the wind condition is to be something that is already near you. Um, and there's just, you know, a ton of ways to solve a puzzle under those, under, under that changing rule set as you go. Um, Baba is wall. Baba is door. Uh, yeah. Baba is micro penis. Um, exactly. Happens. Exactly. It's kind of hard. There. It's kind of hard to see whenever you are controlling one of those though. It's, uh, yeah, just just yeah. parsing that is a little bit difficult. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Ba- Baba is micro penis. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um, oh man! But yeah, I I really well really enjoyed I that. That's... I still don't understand. I I actually get what you're saying. It's just a very. It is very very abstract. It's it's a very different yeah. way of thinking. Like a lot of times, you'll get into a new level and just have no clue whatsoever what you're supposed to do. Like just understanding how to win a level is such a different puzzle in each, in each situation that it's, it's really cool. Um, how's the music in Baba is you? It's one that I'd consider turning off. It's not (laughs) terrible, but it also, the sound does nothing for the game. It's one of those things that, it probably, like it, if anything, distracts you. Yeah, because a lot of the levels, you'll just sit there, not doing anything, just looking at it, trying to parse it, trying to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do here. Because it's just so completely abstract that the music, it, like, you you can mute the game. I, I, I feel fairly safe. Like, it's not something, like... And, Baba is mute. I don't even feel like that's a bad thing to say about this, but like the puzzle itself is such a huge portion of the game that I don't feel like like the art design is just functional. It's essentially just developer art but prettied up, so it's, you know, it's like hand-drawn sprite work type stuff. Um okay. Very minimalist. The music is similar. It's in a similar vein. It's 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 just there. Um but I feel like that's fine because the puzzle is so good that you can turn all that off. And it's, it's, a, it's a game that I'll be thinking about hours after I turn off, like get stuck on a puzzle or something. And then, you know, just kind of still thinking about it, thinking about it and eventually figure it out hours later and go back to and finish a puzzle sort of a game. Yeah. Um, you just be sitting there like just eating mm-hmm. dinner with your family. Oh, Fuck. Yeah. Baba's yeah, exactly. micro penis. I know it. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. you. Um Yeah, that sounds like a game I would hate, honestly. I think I would hate Yeah, that game. I really don't think it's for most people. It's it is it is like the puzzliest of puzzle games. Like there's there's not anything else to pull you through it if you're not really into uh, just a really unique mechanic in a puzzle game. Um Well, I mean there's things about puzzle games that could like Moss won me over because the puzzle was just a, like the things that were pulling in were the universe and the charm and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So like I, I told you in the game of the year podcast, it's sort of like when you got to give your dog medicine and you put it in their dog treat. So like I, mm-hmm. I can take puzzles in the context of a lot of other things I love. But yeah, when I look at yeah. that, I see a bunch of other stuff that just wouldn't do much for me. Um, but you know, I respect the uh, enthusiasm I hear for people that, mm-hmm. you know, 
puzzle game, that's like its own genre. People that really get off on those things, you know, it's people are there for the mm-hmm. puzzle. They're not, not everyone's there for the music and the visuals and some sort of immersion and revolutionary yeah. this and that. They're like, I just want some good puzzle. I want to feel clever, you know? Yeah. And this absolutely does that. Uh, it does that. And it just, it's, it, it's, it's really great. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. guess what, Josh? Guess what? Hmm. No Man's Sky is coming to VR, baby. Woo! Let's try this again. Josh just looked away. Fish, guess what? (laughs) (laughs) What? I'll give you a guess. Even though our community isn't, I don't even, I'm just, I should just give up on VR polls. I've never had a VR poll come back in my Mm. favor, so I'm just going to stop. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, I feel like you're, yeah. Although I twisted the wording on this one, check this out. You had two choices. <laughs> you could, I said we finally have the infinite universe in VR, right? And the two choices were holy fuck. That's a good holy fuck. I hope. And the other one was cool, but no interest. So even if you're not interested, I still got you to say cool. Ha! I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> you said it was cool. I gotcha. All right. Gotcha journalism at its best. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll say this. Uh, this game could be a problem for me. I might... Granted, if I'm still alive and everything's going good, I might lose my whole existence to this game um, when it drops. Uh, this could be very bad for me. It's going to be a free update. It's part two of the Beyond thing they're doing. Um, the coolest mm-hmm. thing that I heard about it actually today from someone that played it was and there's a really good video from IGN I might steal and give him credit for but if you play it with the move controls you you have immersion in ways I did not know about like when you get in the cockpit there's little things like you can literally control pulling the levers and like hitting the little like you actually have like a level of like flight controls in the cockpit which is little things like that sound fucking amazing in VR um the the guy in the the guy in the video I saw said that you kind of reach around your back like you're pulling uh the gun out or the what is it called the multi tool like literally if you're playing mm-hmm. with the things you just reach around and go like that and then you pull it out and then it aims wherever you put it like it I have heard I'm not even just saying this as a no man guy fanatic zealot whatever you want to say I have almost read nothing but amazing things about this VR um in all the coverage I've been following mm. um which is that that actually sounds cool to me. Yeah, that, that they're actually not just you know making it to where you could just look around in VR and have that level of immersion, but actually like making you feel like you're in a cockpit or you're pulling out a gun. Like I like that. And it's the yeah. whole game. It's literally the whole game is in VR, and that is just it's not like a weird mode or I mean people have been sort of dreaming about this since the beginning, and it's it's taken what four yeah. years, three years. That is interesting, though, because, like, just the scale of this game is something that we've not really seen in VR. No. Um, no. Just, like, going from planet to planet in VR is ridiculous compared to to anything else in VR currently. And and the fact that no one's been saying stuff like, well, it's a cool idea, but wait till you try to go toward a planet and it looks bad or this is rough or slow. Like the fact that I haven't heard anything like that just makes Mm -hmm. it sound like a dream come true. So it's that's what I would describe it as. But, you know, we'll see. I always learn to temper my expectations a little bit because 
at the end of the day, you hype stuff up in your brain, and then you, you know you'll see what it actually is when mm-hmm. it comes out. But the fact that people are saying magical things about this does not make me feel better about how excited I am for this to come out. <laughs> uh, and the coolest thing is that they're do- it's free. If you already own the game, it's free on VR. Like this is could be the VR, the only VR game I need really all year. And if you're on PC, it's going to be compatible with all the, I believe, all the PC high-end VR setups that some people have for like the high-end PC gamers, because there's a mm-hmm. huge PC community for the game as well. So that's that's insane. The sucky thing is that I have a lot of time on my Xbox in that game. Now I'm going to have to go back and ah, <sighs> small price to pay. Xbox. Yeah. Is- um, anyways, that looks, if you want my opinion on that, it's basically, I'm actually afraid of it. It might be the first game I'm ever afraid of because <laughs> it looks too amazing. Um, and I actually thought about it this year. I was like, this might be the first year I'll take a break from No Man's Sky. I think I've played enough of it. And then they had to do this virtual fuck. I'm the biggest VR freak out there. And then they took my favorite game and it's just, ugh. plus the best thing about that game is just looking at things. So then you put on yeah. the headset. And just yeah, exactly. Look at it. Like, yeah, they took the best aspect of the game and just cranked it up. Yeah, but the flight control stuff, like the guy was saying on IGN, that he was surprised, like what it felt like when it lurched forward, like when he pulled back, like he was taking off, and just that feeling of like kind of shooting up, that he was almost like paralyzed for a second, hovering on the planet because it was like you're getting that VR sort of motion. He's like, whoa, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, the flight uh, is actually something that I'm the most interested in because that was something that looking around in a cockpit in a like a flying game is always one of those things that feels like it should work better. Like just orienting yourself in space is always just a little awkward in so many of these games, like flying in no man's sky, flying in something like hell. I I would absolutely love to play ACE combat in VR. Like go through. There is an ACE combat in VR. Yeah, I know. But like that, that, that sort of experience, I feel like just being able to look around instead of having it be a process to look around. Yeah. Well, is, I think yeah. the, cool, the, the coolest thing is if they had just said it was just the same game in VR, mm-hmm. it would still have been amazing. But the fact that they went to the trouble of like adding these immersive little touches to like... Because yeah. I think they're actually doubling down on what it is instead of what people want it to be, which is nice. Like, mm. they're, like they're doubling down on, okay, it's a lonely space simulator, right? So when we VR, let's take the time to work on the cockpit controls and how it feels to be in space and the feeling, like the little things. Like if you double down on enough of the little things, um, yeah. in VR in particular, that could be a cool thing. If it was an in VR, obviously there's, you know, it's not as exciting. I, I just, my, 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 I was watching some videos on that today and I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done. I actually was staying away from coverage because I was like, no. And then I would send you guys like a little link here there. I was like, no, don't read it. You're going to get too excited. Yeah, get some of that good anxiety popping into your veins. Um, there, I don't have a lot to say about this. Did any of you guys try the Blades beta? The, um, <sighs> I did not. I signed up for it since I was away from home and everything. And then I had to sign into my Apple account while I was to try and try to download it and i couldn't remember my password so uh so should we wait on that one or did did you try it fish i did try it yeah i got to level eight in that game wow that's level eight yeah uh have you played it i have i played about 15 minutes of it today (laughs) okay Uh, well so about as much as uh, i have 
Well, that that first 15 minutes of that game is pretty much what you're going to be going through throughout the rest of that game. Um, there There is a pretty deep combat system. Or, no, the con- combat system is not deep at all. But there's a lot of abilities, perks, and spells that you can unlock. At least for my character. I'm not sure if it's differing for other characters, but I chose a Dark Elf. And I got spells, perks, and abilities... Um, that you can use in combat, but um, um, it's I don't know how to describe. Like it just it just feels it's. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I'm just kidding. Well, well I don't. I'll help you a little bit, Fish. I don't want this on the record because I'm not going to play any more of this. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's terrible. I just think it's the worst thing ever. No. So <laughs> it's, I the thing that that threw me off was just like how like old it looked like looking at all the characters and like the dungeons and stuff when i first started playing it like it literally felt like recycled stuff from like the original fucking so i was like yeah, oh it, my God. It, it looks like a 2008 type of game you know like looking at like a bush or a tree like you can see it 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 the the world is <laughs> it's it's tree-esque it's sort of like it, a tree. it is it's but there's no real interaction there like you're just wandering down a path mm. like the You've majority to of the a... game I'm going to expect more fidelity from your bush on a phone. I do. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get more higher <laughs> pixel count there. Yeah. Uh, but like, no, like just going through each of these dungeons, it just, they all just feel samey. Like the majority of your time you're going through a dungeon, you're killing enemies. There's food strategically placed throughout the whole dungeon to where you can pick it up to refill your health. So you don't, feel like you know you're struggling to like replenish your health or 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 you're like in immediate danger uh, unless like you take on a, a certain mission or quest that is higher level than you and it, the game will actually warn you like are you sure you want to do this this game this uh difficulty will be a little bit tougher for you but um uh i've unlocked a few of the abilities and one of them's like you can side you, you can kind of do like a counter attack against the enemy so like you'll you'll dodge out of the way and hit them and um you'll actually uh dodge out of an attack and stuff like that but um for the most part you're just clicking on the screen watching your little circle fill up and then releasing it when it's it like fill, a timing thing yeah re- yeah you release it at whenever it glows uh yellow i think and um, that's when you get a critical hit. Um, and then you go back and forth on the screen to do combos. Um, and the, there's like there's... a little shield that you go back, like when they're going to hit you, there's a little shield button you hold down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like I they tried, I think they, they made a, I think that they actually made a good effort with, yeah. with trying to do what they can on a phone. But my issue is like the number one criticism I always have of games, generally speaking, is when you try to bring a console style experience to a phone and still keep it. It feels like they're still trying to keep it like a console-y kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like hmm. the feeling of being in first person. They try right. to simplify the... I just... What's the hook? You know what I mean? There there wasn't... I was looking for something to latch onto because the story from mm-hmm. what I saw did not grab me. The visuals didn't grab me. The combat yeah. I was... Feel f- like, I feel like a lot of this is going to be nostalgia for yes. something that they never did before because it feels a lot more like... From everything I've seen, it feels a lot more like the 
old school first person RPGs, like the old PC games that were. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, like yep. yeah, and that that's something that the original games didn't really do. Well, it doesn't even so feel like that to me. I mean, you get it's weird because you have like a main area, but when you get a quest, you are like transported to like the quest area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, like it's mm, yeah, it's like got a, this like, sort of yeah. Ultima Ultima feeling to it. Um, I just from, I'm not, from everything I've seen, so. I, there's phone games that have impressed me visually, so I don't know. My wife, maybe everyone's phone is different, but my wife's phone is pretty good, and I just was not. I feel like there is. This is gonna sound bad. I feel like there's a segment of like diehard Bethesda fans that might just be so mystified by the fact that they can play some semblance of a Skyrim game while they're taking a shit that they are gonna be happy, <laughs> but. <laughs> But it's going to be like, it's going to be like the F version of Skyrim. You know what I mean? It's going to be like the lowest version of that. Is that worth it on the go? That's what I ask you. Is it, is it worth it to have a sealed version of fish? A game fish says is overrated. Um, on, (laughs) I don't even think Skyrim's overrated and I would still have trouble playing Skyrim today because it's pretty dated. And this is like a lesser version of that. So like. And I have a Switch. We live in an era now where I could take my Switch with me on the go. So, like, having a <laughs> phone game is not, like, the magical thing it was three years ago. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't even have any phone games on my, um, on my phone. I don't play any. Um, that's how much, like, I've phased that out of my life. And it's not a knock against those games. It's just, like, the... I, 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 I guess I filled that time where the time that I do spend with my phone is usually just mostly social media at this point. And like, um, yeah, exactly. Pornhub. Yeah. Those communities <laughs> surrounding those videos are just some of the most supportive people I've seen out there. They really are. Yeah. But um, they tell you exactly what the point to fast forward through too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, yeah, I just, I, I don't play phone games nowadays and like, I just can't see myself wanting to play this game because the hook of that game is you're essentially just rebuilding your city and, uh, you're collecting lumber or iron, um, for the smithy, like, Oh, boring oh, oh, ass oh, shit. You pick up off the ground. Oh, right. bread yes, sticks. Right. Give me a fuck. Yeah. What's, what's the rate? What rating does that have? On... It has actually tanked since my uh, initial attempt to download it. I, I just downloaded it while we were sitting here since I'm finally home and have those passwords that I didn't have well out of pocket here. Um, yeah, it's it's down to three, which is not bad. Three but, stars? Uh, yeah. yeah, three stars. S- three seems low considering I feel like most people downloading that are going to be hardcore. I just right. you I, think you think yeah. anyone signing up for the beta would be pretty on board for what they're yeah. selling. My uh, philosophy was that if they were after the seventy six thing, if they were going to be bold enough to put Skyrim on a phone, that there was going to be something like really unique about it. Um, right. Now it just feels like your generic kind of gotcha type of game. Where you know there's a store, there's a little area, PVP area. Like it's just, it's there's nothing unique. There's nothing that they've put in the game that feels that great. Like I've even tried out the Abyss, which is, um, a how how endurance type of run where you go to certain levels through going through I guess a randomized dungeon, um, and to once you get to the next level, it tells you, but 
you're doing the same thing. You're just uh, swiping on the or pressing on the screen and uh, slashing at these enemies and like hmm. it, that gameplay is not fun for me. How's like, the loot? You're a loot guy. What did you get? Anything hmm. cool? The the loot doesn't matter to me because like the ga- it doesn't translate that well to the game. Like there's different speeds to like varying weapons and like there's uh, weaknesses and resistance to like blunt um, and slashing it uh, type weapons. But you wouldn't really see um, it though because you're in first person. Mm. Maybe you'd see your sword. You, I guess you're making me feel like they should have. Eh, maybe we just do want Ultima on our phone. Um, yeah. I I think I, I think I would r- much rather prefer that. Yeah, Ultima Online. Like, I I, I I'm curious what you think, Josh. I don't know. I don't want to sound too negative on it because I only played like I'd say half an hour, honestly, because I did a couple dungeons. Like I said, I don't want it on record that's the worst thing ever, but it's probably the worst thing ever. Um, I just with phone games for me, I have like a very short span where I'm going to give it a chance because it's just taking up a lot of space on my phone, and we already we already covered why phone games are not. Yeah. So, and the addiction. Me you and did, you did buy the 15 kilobyte phone, so, that's yeah, <laughs> that's always. <laughs> you're not, you're not lying. <laughs> Weirdly enough, it didn't, t- yeah, yeah, that was a problem I had. I don't know, like, I guess for me, like, if you think about why Skyrim was great, those things would not translate to a phone. So you'd have to have a new angle. You'd have to take some sort of new angle to make it unique. Because otherwise, what are you even doing? You know what I mean? Um, but I think maybe no, there could be a big enough crowd there that's just like so wowed by the fact that they can play. But even then, you can get Skyrim on the Switch now, anyway, right? So I don't exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's well. I mean, not everyone has a Switch, but that's those true. two people. That's true. That's true. Those two people probably don't have a phone either. <laughs> let's let's not forget this is free. This is a free game, and that is important to. To, to mention so and you know yeah. they had success with the, like shay really loved the card game they did the elder scrolls card mm-hmm. game shay got real heavy into that um so mm-hmm. i don't know josh we can get maybe we'll, if you have a chance to check it out we'll uh get yeah a, well get it's downloaded now so i'm gonna check it out at some point okay so, before right, the next well, show this is actually a late edition i got this comment uh last night and i wanted josh to edit it in the, sh- the back end of the show a little bit here um this comment came from Toma underscore Toka 88, and it's a pretty heartfelt one. Um, Neo might have saved my life. My dad passed away. I lost my job. And I had a breakup all in the same month. Neo helped me get through all that by giving me hours of just getting my mind off everything that was going on. And a game like Neo, I wish Shay was here to talk about it because he played a lot, but a game like Neo is basically it was sort of like a hardcore Diablo, uh, like basically like a Dark Souls mixed with the Diablo kind of loot system, but... That game just being incredibly challenging it was probably something that really helped uh, take his mind off. That's horrible, and, uh, and my heart goes out to you there, man. That sounds like that sounds like one hell of a month. So when you say a game almost saved your life, that's that is a very powerful thing to 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 ever say. That'll pretty much wrap it up. It's been a lot of fun. I hit all the games we wrote down on the list. Um, and we'll save a lot of goodies for next week when Shay returns to us. So thanks for being vulnerable and sharing your stories with us. Um, whether it's your first time listening to the show or your longtime listener, you can always go to patreon.com slash swordchomp to support us. Again, big uh, shout out to our sponsor at Sassy D Merch, sassydicks.com. It's been fun, guys. Um, it's getting late. I guess we got to get out of here. Um, as usual, we got our side podcast, In the Blood. I interview composers and evoking the sublime. 
we interview game creators. So check those out. And, uh, well, that's going to do it. We're tired. We're exhausted. It's late. Let's get out of here. We'll see you next week for an all-new Chomp Cat.